You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on people? Welcome to the post-game number crunch. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting, creator of the Hows and Growls Timbles newsletter, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by Canis Hoopers and SB Nation. If you'd like to subscribe to Hows and Growls, follow the link in the show notes, or head to housandgrowls.substack.com to grab a free trial or a $3 per month subscription. Thankfully, even with this weird and wacky season, the subscriptions have been ever rising and I'm truly thankful for that. I'm also thankful for the game that we all had a chance to witness tonight and what a game it was. After some toing and some throwing, the Wolves finally put the foot to the floor in the last quarter and run out 118 to 108 winners over a very deep and very tough Utah Jazz team. I feel like I'm saying this a little more often lately, and even in this croaky and sick voice that I'm currently sporting, but that really did feel like the best win of the season. Sure, the Jazz were without Laurie Markinen and Colin Sexton, but they're a team who bats really deep and really do have a production line of quality role players at their disposal. Minnesota needed every bit of their Carmody Towns-less arsenal to beat them, and they ended up doing so in pretty satisfying fashion. As usual, there were storylines, but there's really no point trudging through all of those storylines when we know what this game's chief storyline was, right? It's D'Angelo Russell, the flamethrower that is and was D'Angelo Russell, with his fourth quarter bonanza still fresh in our minds. This episode's number is... 6. Of course, as in the 6 three-point makes that D'Lo had in the final quarter of this game. Let's dive into it a little deeper after a break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, we all saw it, and if you haven't yet, it might be the most 
rewatch worthy occurrence of this season so far. But D'Lo attempted six three-point shots and he made six three-point shots. Every single one of those shots felt like a dagger plunging into the hearts of that plucky and pesky jazz squad. And if you follow along with this show often throughout this season, you'll know how much that meant for me. For the most part, the Wolves are a very bad three-point shooting team and very bad three-point shooting teams have a hard time winning on a regular basis. I've been banging that drum pretty much since day one in this season. There have been very, very few games where Minnesota has made more threes than their opposition. But thanks to Russell and his fourth quarter outburst, they did that in this game. And that makes the result a little bit less, I guess, surprising. I don't know if surprising is the right word, but it makes it more obvious, I guess. Because when you take threes and you win the three-point shooting battle and you do the things that Minnesota do outside of shooting, it becomes a lot easier to win games like this. The Wolves took 35 threes in this game, which is still way less than the the 44 attempts that Utah had, but they made 14 and Utah made 13. Put simply, this team gets to the line and they get to the rim and they finish at the rim when they get there. So if they they are able to break even or even win the three-point battle, it's going to go a long, long way to winning games. Now, Minnesota's three-point defense was very good in this game, which helped drive Utah's three-point shooting numbers down. But they wouldn't have even got close to matching that number and maybe not even have won the game, probably not even have won the game, if it wasn't for D'Lo going bonkers. And I don't think we've had quite the outburst like this one from Russell this season, but he has been pretty big lately. He's getting to the rack more playing with much better flow and rhythm as a playmaker, and hitting a mountain of shots within the arc from mid-range area and, again, at the rim. But with this game ballooning up his numbers, of course, he's now up to 38.2% on 6.8 three-point attempts over his past 10 games. The Wolves need that type of medium-to-high-volume, efficient shooting in the worst way possible. In that 10-game sample size, you have Jaden McDaniels at 44% on 3.6 attempts per game, and you have Jordan McLaughlin at 41.7% on 2.4 attempts per game. But those two have only played 7 and 5 games, respectively, in that 10-game stretch. And then after that, it's pretty much ghoulish. Ant is at 31.4%. Cat has played six of those games, but he shot 21.4% in those six games. Jalen Noel is at 34.8%. Nas Reed is at 32%. Kyle Anderson at 33%. And Austin Rivers at 21%. It's almost hard to believe how piss poor those numbers are. Now, D'Lo's numbers are obviously inflated by his 6 of 9 shooting performance tonight. But D'Lo has been trending up for a while. And he's seemingly among a, among a very small handful who are trending up. And the most different and maybe most impressive part about his hot shooting in this game is how he mostly did it off the catch. We know Russell can knock down pull-up threes and that he enjoys that sort of cat-and-mouse style of basketball. But that last quarter was all smash-mouth catch-and-shoot stuff. On those six triples combined, 
Russell only took two dribbles. He stepped into the first one of the quarter with a with one dribble, and then he sidestepped Kelly Olenek for the last one with a single dribble as well. Outside of that, it was a constant stream of movement and hunting for space. All four of those other threes coming in the pure catch-and-shoot variety. Over those past 10 games that I mentioned, around half of D'Lo's three-point attempts have come in that catch-and-shoot role, and he's knocking them down at 42.1%. Cut it down to the past five games, and you get 4.4 catch-and-shoot attempts per game at 45.5%. And that just seems like a natural tinkering of roles that Finch has probably been looking for since he arrived. He just needed a few things to change, and it seems like those things are starting to change of late. Firstly, I think he needed D'Lo to commit to that change. D'Lo needs to be the one who is willing to run off screens, willing to set those ghost screens on those little rub screens himself, and then flow into open areas out of those screens. And he has to be willing to space the floor in the slot, or even sometimes in the corner. Finch has also needed someone to trust, who could have the ball, and allow D'Lo to not have the ball. Lately, Anthony Edwards has been taking on some of that role, and doing a pretty good job of it. But tonight, and really since Cat went down, it's been Kyle Anderson's main role. We all love Jordan McLaughlin, I know I certainly do. But with Anderson out there, it kind of allows Finch to have a second point guard on the floor who isn't forcing him to play a small ball backcourt, which does have the tendency to get opened up really badly defensively. Jordan McLaughlin is a pretty good defender, but when you're playing two guys out there who are reasonably small, I know D'Lo's not really a small guy, but not a great defender, and then your second guard on the floor is five foot eleven, it really can become a problem defensively. But Anderson can be a legitimate power forward in all the areas that this team needs him to be a legitimate power forward. But you can stick the ball in his hands and have D'Lo become a catch-and-shoot movement screen-running guy without sacrificing any other part of the scheme or the game plan. We saw that work in all of its glory in this game. Anderson had four assists to Russell in the fourth, obviously all of them coming on three-point makes. And he also had an assist to Edwards in the fourth quarter for Edwards' three, which was kind of a similar play where they were going up against the zone. They fed it inside to to Kyle Anderson in the middle of the floor, and he was able to make the right decision and kick it out to a three-point shooter. Now, not every team is going to play zone like that, but we've seen throughout this whole season, really, that that Kyle Anderson can make playmaking decisions, whether it's facing a zone or a man-to-man coverage or even in pick-and-roll play. And on top of that, Anderson also had five assists to Rudy Gobert throughout the night on his way to 12 dimes, which was a career high. Now, that really has nothing to do with the three-point shooting. Obviously, Rudy doesn't shoot threes. But I thought it's worth noting that all of the players who stood out as the shining lights in this game, and that is D'Angelo Russell mainly and Rudy Gobert, really got the ball fed to them from Kyle Anderson. He was... As much as of a straw that stirs the drink as these guys were as the drink themselves. So as much as we all want to see D'Lo taking and making more catch-and-shoot threes, that really hasn't been able to unfurl until Anderson joined and really since he started to get a big-minute role. 
And that's going to be interesting to track in the next few games, the next month or so without Towns out, because that right now is probably the biggest difference between when Cat was out there and now with Anderson out there at the four, is that Anderson really is a point guard. Carlton Towns has had a great season passing the ball, but Anderson is a low usage point guard in a big man's body. And that really seems to be helping not only get Anthony Edwards open at times, get Rudy Gobert open on pick and roll or on high-low lob finishes like we saw in this game a number of times, but it's really helping James Lowe Russell and this was D'Lo's crowning jewel moment of the season so far. So next up, they're going up against the Blazers twice. The next two games are against them and the Blazers make threes and the Wolves will need to match them and D'Lo might be the main man in that area if this game is anything to go off. So I'll be here to discuss those games. I hope you will be too.